have been wrestling with purpose. What was I created for? I'm more than what you see on the surface. See beneath my skin and scars. I'm skinned and scarred marred and twisted, scarred by the past I need to be lifted, and sometimes I question my own existence. What was I put here for? In my seams, it seems that there seems to be more. It's like I'm a light, unplugged from the socket. I mean, do I really exist to put money in my pocket? This nine to five feels like a nine to nine. My mind entwined, I pass the time, life circles me as I wait. What is my estate? I feel like I was made for something great, and yet I can't quite put my finger on it. Sixty million children in Africa do not have enough food to eat despite the continent's economic growth. In fact, one in three children are stunted and hunger accounts for almost half of all the child deaths on the continent. Nine out of 10 African children do not meet criteria for minimum acceptable diet outlined by the World Health Organization. A child, in fact, a child dies every three seconds across the globe. 10,000 children die every day because of they don't have enough food. That seems almost odd to us because we don't know anything about that kind of poverty. But poverty is preventing a generation from growing up. Growing up seems so natural for us. We don't think much of it. All living things need to grow, and to see a child grow up, develop, thrive, become an adult, that's exciting. And if it doesn't happen, it's a tragedy. I mean, babies are cute, but if a baby doesn't grow up, it's really sad. That's a tragedy. And whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual, if you don't grow up, it's really sad. So in this series, and uh, we've been looking at what God made us for. Uh, made for this is our journey to find out what God made us. And if you're new, one of the reasons we're doing this is so that we would kind of introduce you to the concept that you were created by God for God. So hopefully that's helping you. And if you've been here a while, maybe you've been here your whole life, this is a reminder for you, uh, and we're reminding and encouraging you to grow up, to stretch yourself. And so we've been, these last few weeks, talking about the first week, we talked about how you were made for fellowship. We're better together. It's good for us to have one another. And for us to get love flowing, for us to be identified with Jesus, to get love flowing, it starts with sharing. It grows in belonging. It stretches in serving. And then it's sealed in suffering. Last week, we talked about 
if you're, if you're going to be all that God made you to be and serve the way Jesus did, then you need to be available for God and you need to be faithful to God. Now, when I was a youth coach and I worked in student ministry all those years, I always said I wanted three things from a coach. I needed a coach to be three things. One was faithful. We talked about that. One was available. We talked about that. But the third one I always said was teachable. Are you teachable? Are you coachable? Because you can be like as a, a person who comes a part of a team, you can be faithful and available, but if you think you already know everything, you're not very teachable. And there can be a lot of struggles with that. I mean, somebody can be faithful and they could be teachable, but if they're not available to serve, what's the good? So today I wanna to talk to you about being teachable. In fact, it's just one line, and it's a little bit more direct today than it has been in weeks past, and that is this. My destiny is to become like Jesus. Could you say that with me? My destiny, wow, that was really passionate. I really, I felt that. Hey, could we say it like we mean it this time? My destiny is to become like Jesus. Now, I understand full well that when you say that, you may be saying that through a lot of reluctance or hesitance. Because you might say to me, Johnny, you have no idea who I am. You don't, know how, you don't have any idea what my story is. You don't know where I've been. You don't know all the failures. You don't understand I've gone my own way and the sin that's in my life or maybe the things that are holding me back. You don't understand, I'm nothing like Jesus. And I am here today to preach to you, to talk to you, and to tell you that that is a lie in your life. That you have believed a lie that you will never be spiritually grown up. And I am here to preach to you today to tell you by the way, the difference between preaching and teaching, you might wonder what that is. Teaching is giving information. Preaching is persuasion. I am here to preach to you, to tell you what you have believed, even sitting there right now, some of you are trying to zone out and go, this isn't really for me. I want you to know that that is a lie that you're never going to grow. You're, you're, it's always going to be this way. That is a lie from the devil. And I also want to tell you, in the short time that I have, you're going to be drinking from a fire hydrant. So I'm just here to dispel those lies in your life. Because you, your destiny is to be more like Jesus. To learn how to think and act and speak and love and serve the way Jesus showed us. From the very beginning, all the way back, chapter 1, verse 26, we read that, God said, let us make human beings, let us make mankind in our own image and likeness. In all of creation, in all creation, only human beings are made in God's image. Amago Dei in Latin, and that is you were made in God's image. That's what I said. You look like God. You were created like God. You are, we are spiritual beings. Our spirits are immortal and will last. It will, they will, our spirits will outlast 
our mortal bodies we have here. Only two things are going to last forever, the Word of God and people. We are like God in that we are intellectual. We can think, we can reason, we can solve problems. We don't have to be controlled by every impulse or emotion. Like God, we are relational. We can give and receive real love. And we have a a moral consciousness. We are able to discern right from wrong. And that makes us accountable to God. Why were you created? You, we, how God created us is that we were created for a relationship. John 17, verse 3, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying to the Father, and he is speaking as he is giving his life as a ransom for sin. When he is praying, he is saying, God, you have given me. Father, you have given me all authority. You have empowered me. I have completed the task. And then he says these words right here. As he's praying, he's praying. Jesus' Jesus' words as he's praying. He says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Right there is the purpose for your life, that is the paradigm of your life, and that is the plan for your life. All three of them are right there. The purpose for your life, that you would know the only true God. You were created by God for God. And what's the paradigm? How does that happen? The paradigm of that is that you would know Jesus Christ whom you have sent. That's how we know God. What's the plan for my life? You were created for eternity. Eternal, this is eternal life. What Jesus Christ is giving us. You, your destiny is to be more like Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. God is an equal opportunity God. God has built each one of us to have intimacy with you. And I know some of you are sitting there going, well, you know, for, for you know, Jim Martin, you know, that's, that's his thing, but that's not really my thing. Or you might look at somebody, you might look at a leader like Luke and go, you know, Luke, he's, you know, he's our youth leader. You know, he really has an intimate relationship with God. You know, that's for him, but, you know, I'm not in the ministry. I want you to know that is a lie. If you look at other people and you think, oh, that's their gig, is to have a relationship with God. And that's something I'll kind of look up to. It's something to be admired. No, you are created for a relationship with God. He is an equal intimacy God. There's no inside track for some people. and It is whoever believes in him. And so I encourage you today in this word, Philippians 3.12, not that I have, I mean, I think, for example, I mean, I'm on limited time, but I'm talking as fast as I can today. I think, for example, of a guy like Bob Yaberg, who's older than me, and I think, oh, Lord, I'm never going to be like him. But that's who he is, and I'm just little old me, and I can't do it. And I want to encourage you today to get beyond those lies That is a lie from the devil that every person here, you need to know the truth. The truth is God is an equal intimacy God. Everybody here. Philippians 3.12, this is the way I feel today. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. 
Man, I look at Bob and I go, oh, I am so undone. Look at Not that I have already obtained this, but I press on to make it my own. That's a good word, man. Paul is saying, I am trying to make this my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. That's what intimacy is. God already knows everything about you. He's created you for this relationship. He knows everything about you. In fact, when you think of the word intimacy, I want you to think of these words, into me see. Into me see, God, for he knows everything about me. And I need to have that same intimate relationship with him. Not that I've accomplished this, but you know what? I'm going to make this my own. I want to make this my own. I don't want it to be my grandma's. I don't want it to be my uncle's or my aunt's. I want it to be mine. Here's the question. Are you tuned to the right channel? Are you all over the dial? Are you just looking everywhere else? Are you tuned to the right channel to have that intimate relationship with God? Are you taking on his values, his attitudes, his character? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.22, here's how we accomplish this. 22 says, we're to put off our old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in righteousness and in holiness. God's ultimate plan for your life. His goal for you on this earth is not comfort. Oh, we think that. Well, we read books about Christianity and everything. It's all about the bless me club. It's all about, hey, Lord, just make me a lot more comfortable because I know you. That is not God's primary role in your life. He wants you to develop character. That is God's primary goal in your life, is to develop character. It is not comfort. Now, I know there's a lot of books about my best life now and all that stuff. But I am telling you, God's character, the character that God wants to pour into you is his primary goal in your life. God wants to develop. I'll give you a couple examples. You know, Matthew chapter 5. You know, whenever Jesus gives the Beatitudes, those are the things that God wants me to grow in. When I think about the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, I think about the things, love, joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those things I want to grow in the Spirit. Think about, I need to grow in what love is. You know, I have this own idea about God, but you know what God says what love is. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I need to grow in that and make that my own. And so every time you forget the character this character that he's trying to build into me instead of the bless me club, every time that I forget that the character is one of God's purposes in my life, you will become frustrated by your circumstances. And this is something I struggle with. You know, I, something bad happens to me and I wonder, why is this happening to me? That doesn't seem fair. Or I say, why am I having such a difficult time? But it's consistent with the word of God that I look at Romans 8, 28, because it says these words. In some things, God works for the good of those who love him. Uh, let's do that again. Let's try that again. In a few things, God works for the good of those who love him. No, no, no. It, it says all. 
In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. His purpose in your life is to become more like Jesus. So are all things good? Boy, no way. No way. Too many hard things. The rain falls in the just and the unjust. Bad things happen. All things are not good. We can agree on that. But in all things, all the things that happen in your life, God works for the good. Everything. So I heard a man several years ago. I was with a, a man named Stan Buck who took me out to a conference out in Los Angeles. And we were there and he talked about these things. And I don't think they're in your notes, but you can write them down if you want to. But he talked about the things that we don't expect that God uses. One of the things he uses is trouble. God uses trouble in our lives to teach us to trust him. Uh, we see, see in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, trouble, troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. So for us, trouble can, in our life, it shows us how to trust him more. Another thing that God uses that's kind of unexpected are, is temptation. We see this in Jesus' life in Matthew 4, verse 1, whenever Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert uh, to be tempted by the devil. God does not tempt you. It is not, he is not the source. But God uses temptation to teach us to obey him because we're born with a free will in a fallen world. So God uses temptation in our lives to teach us to obey him. Here's the third thing, another thing that I many years ago heard this. God uses the trespasses of others to teach us to forgive. He teaches, he, God teaches us to forgive when other people, and if you haven't had that happen, it's probably going to happen in your life where people either let you down or actually sin against you. And God teaches us. And we think to ourselves when that happens, we just crawl in a hole. And we think, well, that was awful. And I want you to know that God uses those things, trouble and temptation, and he uses even trespasses. When people wrong you, if under, in your flesh, if you, keep, if you don't grow up and you just keep acting the way your flesh acts your whole life, you're selfish and loving it, and you just live your life, you just become more bitter. The more bad things that happen, the more bitter you become. When temptation comes or when trouble comes or when possibly somebody trespassing it, oh, it's just another reason to make me matter. But if you're under the hand of God, he can use that to teach you how to forgive. He can teach you how to obey. And he can teach you how to, how to move with him. So in the moments that I have left, I just want to share with you uh, you might be saying, how do I grow spiritually? How does it happen that I grow into more like Jesus? Now, 20 years ago from this summer, I was down with a bunch of students and we were at a thing called Big Stuff. And uh, there's a guy named Reggie Joyner that showed me these five things. And some of you have heard these things in different settings. And I wanna just show you the stuff that God uses, God uses to help us to grow. Because the process of discipleship, which is a biblical term, you'll hear that, disciples of Jesus, discipleship. What does disciple mean? Disciple means that you're a student, that you're tuned in to Jesus, that you follow him, that you get your cues from him. How do I grow? 
How, what is the stuff that God uses? The first thing that he uses is practical teaching. When you sit under someone who explains the Bible in practical ways, your faith grows. And it could be a Bible study leader. It could be a, a, maybe even a professor, a youth leader, maybe even one of the pastors here God can use to give you practical teaching uh, I would also encourage you today that we live in a day and age where there's hardly any excuse now because of the number of podcasts, the number of resources that are available, even in daily readings that can be straight to your phone. Another thing that God uses is private disciplines. Private disciplines, when you begin to pra practice these private disciplines of Bible reading, prayer, fasting, and as well as uh, tithing, your faith will begin to grow as you do those things. One of the things that we would love for everybody here is to be a self-feeding Christian. We want you to be a person who can walk with the Lord, that you have your own relationship with the Lord, to be a self-feeding, but you're gonna have to have some private disciplines to do that. The third thing is a personal ministry. When you begin to serve other people, whether it's working at homeless shelters, maybe it is at the center, maybe it's at the pantry, maybe it's here at the church uh, holding babies, maybe it is ministering to senior hires, whatever it is, when you do that, you'll see your faith grow as, as God meets you at, at the point of your service. Here's the fourth thing. We grow more like Jesus, God uses pivotal circumstances. There are moments, there's forks in the roads and there's valleys of decision that God uses. There's moments when you have to choose whether to trust God uh, or go your own way. And so when you choose to trust God in these pivotal circumstances, whether it's a loss of a job or possibly losing someone, when you have these pivotal experiences and you choose to trust God, your faith can skyrocket. Here's the last one. Providential relationships. There are relationships that come into your life and you're looking back that you would say they were providential and I have a few of those as well. That guy at work maybe that helped lead a Bible study that got your attention. The lady down the street or maybe a grandmother that led you to the Lord and showed you what it meant to follow Christ. Those are providential relationships to help you grow. Today, I wanna challenge you today. Your destiny is to become like Jesus. You were made for a relationship, to have an intimate relationship with Jesus. Are you available? Are you teachable? Are you available to God? Does he have your attention? Have you made yourself available to be taught, to be a student of Christ? I wanna encourage you to be intentional, to position yourself to position yourself to grow, to learn. Some of you are right at the beginning. You can do it. You can take that first step. Some of you have, been, have, have made a decision for Christ years ago. You haven't grown since. I want to encourage you, take the next step. Be available. Be available. Your destiny is to become more like Jesus. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you didn't just save us, that, Lord, you created us and that, Lord, you made us in such a way 
that we would be your people and that we would be conformed to your likeness, that we would be disciples, followers of Jesus. Lord, you can do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine, Lord. Your Holy Spirit can drive us and show us. I pray, Lord, today that you would help us today to know that we were made for this. Lord, we pray against the schemes of the evil one and against every lie that's ever been told. No matter what family you've come from, no matter where you come from and what your story is, that God, you have created us for an intimate relationship. I pray, Father, that you would wake us up, help us to make the next step. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Johnny Mac. Discipleship, growing in our faith, being transformed more and more into the image of Christ that where despite our weaknesses and our shortcomings and our, our sins, we're transformed in a way that, that we actually can reflect more and more the greatness and the glory and the truth and the grace of Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing that he partners with us in that way. So I'm Brad Miller, and this is an area very dear to my heart. I get to serve this church family uh, in discipleship and missions as pastor here. And I get to do the next steps today. I'm excited about these next steps. Some of these are very informal, very personal. And so maybe a next step for you as God is nudging you this morning is just to simply be in his word more. Whatever you are now, take that next step and be in his word more. Maybe it's praying more. Maybe it's just committing to praying in a less self-centered way and more along the lines of the song that we heard this morning about making time for what is important to us. Maybe it's serving. You know, last week was serving. We were made for service. And you might be sitting here thinking, well, you know, I missed that week, so I just, I can't, I can't serve. You know, I just can't do that. No, that's not the case. Maybe you need to take a step in serving. Uh, there's still opportunities available, both, both personally and corporately. There are opportunities available. Um, there are informal things, things like that, personal things that I've just talked about. There's also more corporate things. And Johnny and I, as we talked about this closing today, we wanna never have things sound like an infomercial. And yet as a church, we offer these things unapologetically because we don't want to say, well, good, just go do it and figure it out on your own. We do offer things to help us on our journey. And this is not just for the old folks. So you young people sitting right, I love it that you're right here. I love it. I really do, especially you. I love it that you're right here. That's my daughter or one of my daughters. So if you're not in Collide, if, you're, if you have not been engaged with the youth group, with Luke and the coaches that he's got and the youth group that he's got, maybe that's a next step for you. If you're sitting out there and you've not been connected to this amazing high school group that we've got, Maybe that's the next step. Get in touch with Luke and the Sunday after Labor Day, be here at six o'clock and be a part of that and, and take that next step. For, for a lot of the rest of us, we have so many things available. Women's ministry, women's ministry 
Holly, you've done a great job with this. This is so fun. There are so many things available in women's ministry, a Hosea study, a Mark study, a confident humility. There's, there's too many to list this morning, uh, but there's a lot of good things. And notice how on the slide it says, sign up online or at the Welcome Center. Thank you, Elijah, for your work. This is so simple. Right now while I'm talking to you, if God is nudging you in one of these steps, every one of these slides that's up here, you can just go to the firstchurchconnect.com website, scroll down just like one scroll and click on events and you'll get access to all of these things and you can sign up right there. It's really simple. Or you can walk out and sign up at the big black table in the back. It's very easy. We wanna make this really user-friendly. So women's ministry, one specific women's ministry is Rooted Women. Uh, we heard from Tiffany Gent this morning in Community Update. She is starting this ministry for women uh, focused on the whole, the whole thing, on the physical, the spiritual, the healthiness of, of life. And so sign up for that. If that's the next step, check that out with her. Related to that, because they're husband and wife, Luke Gent, uh, we heard from him and the Iron Men, comes out of Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Same thing, he wants, he and Brent Cox are starting this. They want men to come together, sharpen each other so that in all of life, life can reflect the glory of God. Men's night out. I love this one. It's on Monday nights, meets here at the church building in room seven and they do a Bible study together and then watch Monday night football. Uh, Bible and football, right? That's a good, good combination in my book. Starting point. This one also starts in a couple of weeks. If you're newer to the faith or brand new, maybe, maybe you're still not sure about Jesus. Maybe you're sure, still not sure, can, can I really trust God's word? Why, why should I trust this old book that was written by guys a long time ago that has, you know, I know it's been corrupted. I've heard that. I know how can I trust that? If you have those kinds of questions, or maybe you grew up going to church, but you've been away for a season, maybe this is the step for you. It's a great group to be a part of. Open conversation, no questions are off limits. Ask the questions that you have. This is a place to explore what is Christianity all about and how do I, how do I move forward in that if I'm interested? Marriage that works. Johnny and Sherry, Marriage That Works. This one, I'll just let them tell you about this one. Sherry and I are very excited about a 10-week journey we're gonna be taking, and it's called Marriage That Works. We're doing this to, in the hopes of building stronger marriages and healthy relationships. And we use the word works on purpose because marriage takes work. It takes a lot of effort. Um, this test that we'll take in the class is very informative. It's preventative, and we have really benefited ourselves from that. Right, because it identifies your growth areas that you need to work on and the strength areas, but then also uh, it'll help you in growing your relationships. There'll be exercises involved. There'll be uh, group discussions and uh, you know, for us personally, it's preventative. So many people wait till it's too late. They don't invest in their marriage. It's best to constantly, whether you've been married for a year or 20 years or 31 years like you and I, 
this is a way where you can invest in your marriage. So Sherry and I hope to see you at Marriage That Works. Go online and register at firstchurchconnect.com and we hope to see you on Sunday, September the 8th. Marriage That Works. She mentioned a test. It starts out with an assessment. So you get, you get personalized personalized attention for how your marriage works, for how you as individuals work, and, and how you can grow forward towards a scripturally based kind of marriage. It's a really cool thing. And then the final piece today is group link. Uh, again, this is one I'm passionate about. We'll be meeting here tonight at six o'clock out in the lobby. If you are interested in one of the many life groups that we have or or any of these groups that you just heard listed, but you're not sure and you wanna just get together, we're just gonna to talk tonight, just have some fellowship together and talk and we'll see if we can help you find a group that's right for you. Now in all of this, I wanna remind you, I heard this from a, a pastor years ago and it has changed me. When I'm talking about these next steps, do it. Like Johnny said, we're, we're here to persuade you. We're not just here to give you information, we're here to persuade you. But in all of this, don't lose the grace of Jesus Christ. As Christians, we read the Bible to remind ourselves that we don't have to read the Bible to be good with God. We get to read the Bible. We, we don't come together in these settings or in small group settings because we have to in order to earn God's favor somehow. We get together in these settings and small settings because we get to. We, we remind ourselves that we don't have to do this. That's what his grace is all about. You don't have to pray. You don't have to read the Bible. We get to. It's an amazing difference. We're not earning anything, but I do wanna persuade you, take those next steps. What's next for you today? How is Jesus calling you by the power of his spirit to take that next step in discipleship? Will you stand with me? If you're here today and God's working in your life in a way that you would like prayed for, please don't miss this opportunity either. There will be somebody over at the close of the service to pray for you, pray with you. Uh, don't miss that opportunity if God is nudging you in that way as well. Let's pray together first. Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you that you have ordained this day for us to make time for what we value, for us to make time for what is our treasure. Lord, help us to make you more and more our treasure. And may that flesh itself out in discipleship that grows us and changes us so that in Columbia City and Whitley County and beyond to the world, your glory may be spread. In your name, Jesus, amen. Have a Jesus-centered Sunday.